Amalgamaniacs. To your next installment of Amalgacast, where we're going to be discussing a lot of different topics. But before we get into that, let me introduce my co-hosts, um, Jose Simon and Justin Cooper. Hey, everybody. And right on cue, our first call-in, <laughs> and probably only call-in this evening, Luis Rodriguez Jr. What's going on, man? What's going on, Amalgamaniacs? What's cracking? Can you hear him? Oh, gee. All right, there we go. So we're, we're all set. Everybody's here. Um, this cast is going to be about not only the accomplishments of one um, Dwayne McDuffie, a uh, a staple and and uh, indelible permanent uh, mark on comics and the industry in general, um, a pioneer of sorts. And um, we're going to be talking about his accomplishments. So we're going to be talking about multicultural um, facets of the comic book industry, where they have been to where they are now. And I got the best minds in the building. I mean, we could build a nuclear bomb in here with the brains we got. So doing this is like light work. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Lou? Yeah, my name is Lou Rodriguez. And, you know, just a member of Amalgamania and all around comic nerd. I really don't have nothing to plug except that, you know, Juicy Blue sucks and F-Dare Devil. <laughs> okay. See, look, see, you know what? I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to be a bigger person and I'm going to ignore that because we're going to do business and we're going to do this work. <laughs> so I'm going to ignore that and be the bigger person. I just want everybody in the group to know that. Um, <laughs> so when I pull out my uh, my Taskmaster uh, action figure in a little bit, just don't be bad as always. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, all right. Um, Dwayne McDuffie. Uh, man, where do you start? Um, so many different accomplishments. Um, high school graduate, college graduate. Um, all this knowledge and power in the English, in the English language, and, and the ability to write. And he decides to take most of that talent and sink it into a culture at the time that was not only very popular um, with everyone. It wasn't you know, as popular as it is today, but it wasn't as popular with everyone today as it was then. But also it was a, um, an industry where not, you know, he, wasn't, he was the minority in the, in the door. So it was like a very competitive ground for him to step into and for him to decide that this is something you know, to shoot for something like that. I'm going to be a comic book writer. I'm going to be a comic book artist. I'm going to go into this genre where, you know, I don't exactly fit in and, and will have a hard time getting to an apex. And then doing the things that he did, I think, is inspiring for anyone of any walk of life, of any culture, of any creed, of any religion. It's inspiring to know that you can set yourself in, to, you know, that type of aspiration and not only hit it, but go well beyond what you could possibly imagine. So um, shout out to the man, Dwayne McDuffie, and we're gonna get into some of his accomplishments, what he's um, you know, noticed for mostly, what, you know, our first experience. Matter of fact, that'll be our first question. Our first experience with this um, gentleman's work and what made you take notice to him in the first place? We'll start with Lou, then go to Justin, then go to Jose. Well, first off, I, I wanna say happy birthday and rest in heaven to uh to a brother that uh that made me look at comics in a different light you know not only you know that he brought you know uh 
gonna say this uh diversity you know i guess that's what i'm looking for what i'm looking for um you know i mean your brother put together a bunch of heroes that you know that maybe you know if we were into let's say you know the big three at the time you know dc marvel and image when he had the milestone imprint it brought a different look, you know what I'm saying? You know, characters that that me being, you know, of, of Latin American and African American descent can can identify with more than, you know, than the average. You know, something like I don't wanna make it sound selfish, but it was it was something that was for us. You know what I'm saying? So I thought that was, you know, genius on his part. You know what I mean? To do that for for for, for, for comic books in general. You know? Agreed. You know, like, I, I, that was my, you know, that was my first take of it. And I was like, yo, when I, when I first you know, blood sipping, and ice, and arms, and I'm like. What was the first one? What was the first one you ever read? My first one was, was ice, um, you know what I mean? I, you know, I know Superman is frowning, but I, I, like, I like Superman. <laughs> it, 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 Not by everyone. <laughs> you go, bro. Don't worry about it. I got you. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? But, but, but the fact that he took superman and put a different unique spin on it was awesome to me so you know my first my first book was icon and then you know hardware and, and then after that was blood syndicate for me personally jose we'll kick it over to you yeah uh so i honestly i did it so in 1993 when static first dropped uh i was very much and uh, I was I was trying to be a comic book artist. Not, I don't know if a lot of anybody knows this about me, but I, I used to draw a lot, um, so I was very much into artists and not writers. Um, so I didn't really pay attention to writers who was writing the book. I, um, I wasn't crazy about the art on side, but uh, there was. I remember specifically, I was going to a comic book. They had a, a, a one of these like you know uh, basement bargain basement sales, and and I've been the biggest Static fan uh, ever since. Uh, if you call him Static Shock around me, I, I might hit you. <laughs> if his name is Static, Static Shock is the cartoon. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, Static probably was, was my first interaction, even though I didn't know it at the time. It was my first interaction with his work. And I, I mean, I was just enthralled with it. I loved it. Uh, I recommended it to everybody. And uh, there was a bit of blowback at that time because, you know, I mean, there there's some today with this whole, you know, people trying to get uh, diverse characters in. And there was a, a bunch of blowback of like, oh, they're trying to push these black characters on us. And I was just like, you just got to read it, man. Like, it's really good stuff. Like, you know, get if you can get past all that and just read the stuff for what it is, it, it's a it's a great book. Uh, and I mean, I've been a fan of static since, since then, like I said. And, and I think it's such a cultural um icon and and what he did with with that character is, which i'm going to touch on later is is super impressive and i think really is the beginning of being able to introduce characters of color brand new characters of color that can can that shows that they can have a lasting impact all right coop over to you there's a couple of couple of points you brought up that got me so we're gonna circle back but we're gonna circle back around to that but cool yeah, yeah. I, so I, I got realizing uh, as he was talking uh, and why I got up uh, 
I actually sent him a fan letter email uh, to Dwayne McDuffie back when uh, the DC animated came out of uh, Crisis on Two Earths. So I actually I tracked down his email and I sent it to him as, and um, I, I was just trying to find it uh, in in uh, my old phone there to see uh, if I could. But um, to answer the question, when I first noticed who Dwayne McDuffie was, would probably be when I was like, "Gee, they're sure pushing Firestorm a lot." I'm like, "Gee, I, I wonder why. Who's writing this?" And, and and I looked, and sure enough, Dwayne McDuffie's name kept popping up, and uh, specifically. There is a uh, a PlayStation Two game that came out called Justice League Heroes that he wrote. <laughs> yep. That would be probably my first experience where I'm like, "Wow, this is really awesome!" Who wrote this? They actually used a piece of that in the introduction to Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, a piece of the animation. They they made it. They used it for the <laughs> the budget was real low back then. Right. <laughs> you know what? I mean, they had Ron Perlman doing the voice of Batman, and um, I. I I want to say uh, Michael Ironside doing Dark Side or something, but uh, that was a badass game. I loved it. Yeah. Um, for me, wow my my first my first interaction with Milestone Media um, came later actually, and it's funny. It's really funny that um, I found out about Icon and um, uh, Static and um, Hardware, uh, but their my interaction with them came after around the Infinity Gauntlet time. And comics, like around the time that the Infinity Gauntlet came out, and I was actually um, chasing that story, trying to get every issue of the Infinity Gauntlet at the time. And um, I was just looking over, and I saw, like, and I've always been a real big fan of characters that, um, you know, look like me, that you know, represent my my culture. So I looked over, and I saw this um, this Static Shop. Uh, I'm sorry, this this Static uh, comic, and I just remember how cool. He was with the baseball cap on, and I was like, "Well, okay, I got, I got to see what this is well, about." He had a Malcolm X hat on. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute, hold on, this is okay. Let me see what's going on." What you say? That was part of his uniform, the Malcolm X hat. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the hat. So I mean, you, you don't think someone's messing around when they got a Malcolm X hat on? Malcolm so. X, especially around this time in, in history. It was like, wow, okay, let me see what's going on. So I, I picked it up and um I was I was amazed. And then I didn't realize that milestone media, what it was. I was a kid at the time, so you know, cultural uh, awareness wasn't really a thing. We were, you know, we were uh adolescents, so like it was about the girls for me and uh, you know, I wasn't really paying attention to social issues. So it didn't I didn't it didn't click for me what milestone media was. Like it's, I can honestly say I, I got the benefit from it, from liking the comics and buying them and getting them and being able to read about characters and look that look like me and, and represent me. But at the same time, I didn't even know that that was why they were there. Like, that was the whole reason why they, like, I missed that entire part of it. And then I didn't understand that until I, I got older. And then I realized, like, what a powerful uh, milestone <laughs> this was. <laughs> in history like you know that these people came together and did this thing so it's like shout out to that entire creative team over at milestone media that you know made it possible for blood syndicate and hardware and icon and rocket and um and static and all these other characters to be able to you know um come to a surface and like jose said make a make a mark and stay relevant so um yeah that was my first experience with them uh moving on from that 
I'm going to get into something I think we all could get excited about and talk about a little bit. Uh, crisis on uh, I'm Justice brought, Justin brought it up, but Crisis on um, Infinite Earths and sure. Justice yeah. League Unlimited. Uh, I mean, what's those I mean, at the time? These are like the heavyweight champions of uh, cartoons and animation at the time. And um, it was just such solid work. And I didn't realize how involved Dwayne McDuffie was with this project. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that he was so heavy in, you know, in the background of that, them, 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 them shows. And I'm sitting there watching and I'm like, yo, these cartoons are so awesome and stuff. I didn't find out so much later that he was writing a lot of that stuff. Me too. Much, much later. As a matter of fact, to kind of counter you, Lou, I didn't, and, and guys, don't jump on me. I didn't even get into Justice League Unlimited until I was a grown man. Like, I didn't, I, I watched the Batman animated series because it was the Batman animated series and the Superman animated series because it was a Superman anim, animated series. But I didn't, like, I just couldn't after them two. I was like, huh? Because you secretly love Superman. Just, yeah, of course right. I do. I secretly <laughs> love Superman. But um, so I did see I did see those two, and um, I thought to myself like, okay, once they came out with the Justice League, well, I just it was too much for me at the time. It was too much information. Marvel was kind of um, you know, as far as the publications go, Marvel was the heavyweight at the time. So it was like, I don't want to do the Justice League cartoons. I want to follow the comics. So I did, and I I missed out completely on the Justice League Unlimited and the Justice League um. Uh, cartoons until later on, which um, shout out to Santino Mancibo. Um, he was the one who kind of was like, yo, he was watching it. And he was like, yo, you never watched the Justice League Unlimited? I said, I'm going to binge it one day when I get a chance. He said, take your behind home and watch four episodes to tell me. And I happened to have watched the episodes with Darkseid in them. And I saw Superman fighting Darkseid and all these other things going on. And I saw Black Canary and Black Lightning. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think you're forgetting about the Booster Gold episode, okay? Yeah, so that was a good episode, man. Yeah. And of course, it's Booster true. Gold. And um, I didn't right, realize, like, first of all, I missed out on the fact that this was even a thing and how awesome it was. So then I saw the cartoon. But then, you know, finding out that Dwayne McDuffie had such a big hand in this and that, you know, basically his stylings and writings kind of springboarded not only into this, but the video game and, other ventures and stuff, it was like, it just blew my mind. I felt like I missed out on so much um, not knowing these things then at the time. It definitely would have supported them differently. But Lou, yeah. you were saying? Um, I was just going to tell you to smack yourself for not getting into the justice thing until later. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was shocked at the follow that you said you hadn't gotten into the, uh, the unlimited to later in life. I know, right? I, how do you think I felt watching it for the first time? Yeah, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> now that he's done verbally abusing me, Jose, you had something you wanted to say? Yeah, no, I was just saying, you gotta you gotta give the man credit where he's credit. Dude, he basically defined the Justice League and Superman, Batman, all those characters for a generation of people that grew up watching these cartoons. Like, a lot of people, when I remember when Green Lantern, the movie came out, a lot of people didn't realize how Jordan was, like, the you know, the popular Green Lantern, everybody was expecting John Stewart because so many people had grown up watching these Justice League cartoons, and for them, that was the Green Lantern. Those those characters are the uh, the iterations that they grew up with and knew that 
he defined it for an entire generation of, of, of kids and, and people who are watching this cartoon. That's a pretty big deal, man. Like his character and, and the way he represented those characters in the comics, I mean, I'm sorry, in the, in the cartoon series, which was which mirrored the, the comics very well and was very, very well written. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it helped it helped establish them as a name brand, basically, in people's houses. Yeah, and 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 I didn't, and again, honestly, um, like I said, not only Santino Mancibo, shout out to Santino, um, your primo Tino, but also um, Rita Lambris a while back when um, in the group, like a lot of different group members would always, you know, post these different clips of the Justice League Unlimited cartoon, and I'm like, yo, a lot of people, <laughs> like a lot of people really like this, you know, I'm, I'm, I must have missed out, I must have missed something, so I said, let me go back and check it out, and then Santino was like, yo, you have to go see it, and I said, all right, cool, and I did, I went home and binged it a little bit, and I was blown away, like I watched it, at first I watched the first se season, and I watched the entire thing, and I was just really blown away, and I binged like both seasons in, in that month, like that was the only thing I watched, so. The, the guest stars that they had, names like uh, Nathan Fillion, Powers Booth, uh, yeah. Shalhoub, uh, like half the cast of like uh, the Joss Wheaton verse has been yeah. on there. You know, yeah. um, it's there's so many people that have been a part of this show. It's just amazing. Mark it really Hamm, you know, and for for it to all culminate and come together like that, it's just it, it's 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 amazing. And, and and like I said, it's it's a it's a milestone in comics. And also in history, as far as the industry is concerned. Um, and speaking of milestone, I wanted to kind of get into the um, middle portion of what we wanted to just or what I wanted to discuss with you guys. Um, milestone media for what it was and what it became. The inner workings of it obviously is something that we all wouldn't know because we weren't a part of the company. But from a uh, consumer's standpoint, now as a collector and an avid fan of the culture, and then as like, you know, prepubescent, want to run around and grab every book you can get your hands on. Mm -hmm. um, what, how do you see this, This you know, what these, what these men and women have put together and where it has brought comics to this day, the face that it, how it's made comic change, you know, from then till now? Because I'll be honest, the only black character that I came across as a kid, and I'm talking about when I was a kid, kid, eight, nine years old when I first started getting it, was Cyborg from the Teen Titans. Like, I wasn't aware of Black Panther. I wasn't aware of Black Lightning or Falcon or any of them. The first black character I ever saw in comic books was Cyborg from the Teen Titans, the new Teen Titans. And um, from there, it kind of went into different characters. So when I saw Static with the baseball cap on, it was like a completely, which Cyborg, it was awesome to see him in there too, but it was different. Like, I know this kid. Like, I, I just was on the bus with this guy. Like, with Static, it was different. I, I know him. It was a lot more relatable. It felt closer to me. And did yeah. you guys get that same kind of feel with the with the milestone and their, and their movement and the things that they did? Definitely. That's what, I, that's what I had touched on earlier. It was like, it was like seeing people that I see, like, in the hood every day. Right. You know what I'm saying? Put on paper for us. Like it was more, more relatable. You had know dreads and, and yeah, yeah corals and stuff. And all of that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, it was just different. It, it seemed like more realistic in a way. You know, yeah, I get it. It's comic books, man. But you don't, you don't have a dude that you know dressed as a bat flying all these crazy you know driving these crazy mobiles in the streets and flying these crazy airplanes and stuff you got like 
from like he could be, you know, JoJo down the block. He could literally be up the street. Yeah, this kid could live up the street from you and be, you know, yeah. sound like a bad guy because to me i think milestone now we look back on it and it, it is acknowledged at the time however i think it was kind of an abject failure but and a failure that was very much necessary uh and and one of the awesome things about dwayne mcduffie is that he learned from his mistakes and that was the, the real good part about it because the dude then he, he started doing like justice league unlimited he got that going off and he was like okay I'm, i did this so well give me another series and then he made his own series static shock and he was able to showcase all the things that he was able to do or or he was able to reach the audience that he couldn't reach with milestone because you got to remember in 1993 when milestone was coming around uh, diversity in comic books wasn't a big thing it was it, it was i remember reading about it wizard and all that and it was kind of a hard hard sell for a lot of uh uh, non-white I mean, or rather for whites <laughs> like like to be honest for, but see, uh, comic consumers in general i mean yeah. you think about the movies that came out that year it was the mask that was the biggest comic book movie besides maybe batman forever so exactly. you know it's years and years of company executives in hollywood telling people and dictating no no everything's got to look this way so right. it's exactly. that's how it was exactly. and you know what and that and that's and i think that's a huge uh question and kind of piggyback off of what you guys were just throwing back and forth is, you know, how much control did the industry have over the demise of Milestone and why? Was this something oh, that they were see for? Was it something that they that they said, look, this is, you know, because for it to be housed in DC Comics, and at the time, DC wasn't the powerhouse that it is, you know, today. I just was, don't think it had, I mean, I, I, I want to be fair and say they had really good stories. But in 1993, this is the heyday of Image and X-Men, and they just didn't have the, the, the selling point. Like, at this point, Valiant, at, at this point, Valiant was even selling on top with, with Marvel and DC. So, I mean, to, to talk about the big three, I mean, it wasn't the big two anymore. It was the big three, Marvel, DC, and Valiant. Image was a couple years away, but, I mean, they were still holding it down to the fact that, like, 
X-Men, like, the market share just wasn't there for them. And, and on top of that, being a, a diverse comic book, there was a lot of people that couldn't relate or didn't want to relate, let's, let's put it, to be honest, didn't want to relate to something like that. So even though they put out quality stories and it was good, and, like, we could look back on that now and be like, damn, this, this should have done a lot better. At the time, when with X-Men selling out, you know, like, 10 copies of their foil covers, and you know, same thing with over in Valiant with Rye and, you know, the Ninjack and all that stuff. I don't think it had the market share at the time. I think if you were to relaunch that now, you you probably get a, a, a bit more a, a bit more space. But again, as the comic industry continues to dwindle, it's going to get harder and harder. And I think the, the best place to do that, and I think that's what he learned, is is to hit them someplace where it's coming to your house. You don't got to pay for it. Watch this TV show. You're going to like it. And now you're watching this TV show, and they're going to hook it up to the Justice League. And they're going to hook it up to the other stuff that you're watching. So it becomes great. I mean, which dude, this guy was smart. Like, which brings us to um, the, the last or, or, or this, the, before the final part of what I wanted to discuss. Well, let, me just, a- let me just piggyback on that real quick before you uh-huh. – uh, because uh, I, I feel like, like uh, Jose touched on something, right? So Milestone came out at a time in 1993 w- right before comics changed for a big way – when they were getting, they were going from like being this this thing that was like, oh, it's about superheroes and we got a comic code and all that, to when Image Comics came out and literally the landscape changed. And if you look at an early Image comic right now, it looks like regular DC and Marvel look with like blood and guts and beheadings and stuff like that. That is where the market changed. So you're talking about the Valiant comics that were more violent, you know, and uh, not necessarily comic approved um, Image. And one comic character that we didn't even talk about that's diverse, that was the most popular comic character of the 90s, was friggin' Spawn, Al Simmons, right? So, I mean, this guy, it's like, he was, I don't even think it's debatable that he was the biggest comic character of the 90s, you know? So you, you've got yeah, the entire yeah, change. Actually, yeah, that's... And, and everything's going in this other direction. And then they're like, oh, hey, check this out. This will be something that it's like diversity characters. And, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. But they, they made the biggest mistake that you can make. In the 90s, if you wanted to sell a book, you put Wolverine in it. You know, and now if you want to sell a book, you put Deadpool in it or Harley Quinn in it. Well, that's, that's what they tried. So these are kind of the mistakes that they made. Um, and, and, I mean, they did make good mistakes. But um, It was yeah. unfortunate timing. That's what I was going to lead into next as far as timing is concerned. I wanted to kind of segue into these efforts and what they've transmuted into today. Dwayne McDuffie's name, if you pay attention to Justice League, uh, I mean Justice League, um, Young Justice Season 3 pops up a lot. Not only because of his contributions to the characters that these characters were based off of, but because a lot of these characters he has rights to like uh, static and um, hardware and uh, a lot of other people are in Young Justice Three. So, again, I wanted to kind of touch on this the 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 face. The, I mean, the uh, the face of comics that has changed because of these efforts. Like we said, ill timed at the time that they came out, and they, they didn't have the support that they needed, and there was just all of these issues that didn't make for it to be such you know a success at the time. But was it? Was it really? Like, was it really? Was it a success in waiting like a diamond in a rough? Because even after this man's death, he's not only being recognized for his work, but it's given us what we need. Like, yeah. how many different diverse characters is are there in um, 
Young Justice. You got people from Markovia. You got black people. You got aliens. You got yeah. you know it's it's like everybody's involved. The unfortunate thing for for McDuffie is so, that his contributions really hit now. Like they, you know, unfortunately he passed, and and all that stuff, all that groundwork that he laid out is really coming to pass right now. Like this is the golden era. Like yeah, at the time maybe it didn't it didn't work how he wanted it to, but he laid that foundation so that now everybody that can go back and be like, this, this is some good stuff. This is this is works. This is we should do this. These are good characters, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. Legacy is very, and I just wanted to kind of piggyback off that before I pass it to Coop and Lou. Legacy is very important. Um, I was just talking to a friend of mine um, today about doing things and seeing yourself and what you do and what's important in the moment. Because if you try to project what you think you want it to be later and, and you're living for that. There's a chance like this gentleman, you may not see that, but what your what your attitude and what was in your heart at the time that you formulated or made this thing or did this thing resonates throughout time. And this is proof of this. This is not, I'm not, this isn't a question I'm asking. This isn't up for debate. What this man did and his attitude and how why he did what he did, like Jose said, he didn't just say, okay, well. This didn't work, so screw it. I'm just going to make this money with Marvel, make this money with DC. He said, no, I'm going to find another way to get this message across. I'm going to find another way to plug this into people's homes. I'm going to find a way to make this work, and he did. And because he had that attitude, and albeit he maybe not have been able to see it, but the benefit from it, us as fans, us as um, people who are interested in multicultural uh, characters, you know, look at the benefit that came from his stick to and his attitude and his humble you know, at that time. And that's a lesson that we should all take with us as an anecdote. But go ahead, I'm gonna kick over to Coop and Lou. Well, I'll say uh, on this one, there's uh, a famous quote that he has. I, I don't know if verbatim, but he's talking about how he wants to see one day, you know, um, someone dressed up, you know, of any color where it doesn't matter as static, walking around a Comic-Con. And that would be the defining moment of his career. Because then it wouldn't be just, oh, here's another black character. Here's just a character that people resonate with no matter what. And uh, I always thought that was such an allusion to, you know, what like uh, Dr. Martin Luther King said, where it's like, you know, the sons of slaves and slaves owners sitting down together and all. And I'm like, wow, that was, it always resonated with me. And um, for this guy, I could say um, the stuff that we haven't talked about that he's done, Ben 10. Ben you know, yeah. I was gonna. I was waiting to drop oh, it. And we were gonna get into that because you, uh, you know, where it's going to now, and we're gonna get into all of that. You yeah. talk about a diverse cast. I mean, he's he's you know he's multiple personalities, multiple powers, and all that. But um, mo most importantly, I think he made me love Firestorm and Mister Terrific. You know, um, great characters. I love Mister Terrific, Mister Terrific, and Justice League International. Great, or uh, oh, excuse me, Unlimited. But um, great character. Yeah. Not so much an arrow, he's like, yeah, but you know, on the other ones, he's a great character. Me and Lou were just getting excited because of the uh next DC animated movie coming out. They got Black Lightning, I mean, uh, Black, um, Black Lightning, um, uh, Mr. Terrific in it. Oh, great, yeah, I forgot what was the name of that, Lou. Uh, uh, they're fighting, uh, Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Fatal Five, yes. okay, yep. yeah, it's the segue into I think what they're going to do is forever evil, mm -hmm. That'll be dope. yeah, so. You know, it's just, uh, uh, well, Lou, I'm going to let you go ahead and get into it, too, about the, um, where do you see, like, the difference between the face of comics where it's changed now 
and the importance of legacy as far as what Dwayne McDuffie did then till today? Well, you can, you can see that you, you spoke on it earlier. You can see that the, the legacy is clear as day because as you spoke earlier, how, how you know, even the way that they're doing Young Justice now is formatted by the way he did the Justice League and the Justice League Unlimited years before. So his legacy is always going to live on because, and then of course, the characters he created are still living on today and in DC Comics, you know, Static is still here, Static is popular as ever. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's iconic hardware and, you know, I don't see too much of the blood syndicate anymore, but those guys I just mentioned are, are his works, of, you know, his works and, and they're still here. They're still, so I don't think his legacy is in any danger of being forgotten because of those characters. Oh, maybe he's work on Darkhawk. Yeah, Darkhawk. Right. <laughs> Darkhawk was a Duffy character? No, but uh, he wrote he wrote Darkhawk. He wrote for... Sleepwalker at one point, I think. Yeah. 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 But, um, okay. His legacy is alive and well, man. And it's going to be here for quite some time, I believe. Okay. And now before we leave, I wanted to get into one more section real quick before we go. The face of comics today and the diversity that we see and how happy are we as fans to see some of the things that we see. And I just want to, I want you to each bring up uh, a few different uh, points of where you can see the multicultural, multi-diverse, um, you know, where that, where that really hit comics and how it's changed things and, and, and what it brought to you as a fan and, and why you like it. So we'll start with Jose. We'll go to Lou, then the Coop, then to me. All right. Uh, oof. This is probably going to get a little controversial here. All right. So uh, I am not a fan of putting other characters of color into other people's roles. So I don't like Sam Wilson being Captain America. I, I, I this is this, this is I not, agree. Yeah. This is not, this is not just a... a uh, cultural or a race thing either. I just I don't I'm not a fan of putting any character in another character's role. Even when Dick Grayson became Knight, I mean became Batman, I wasn't a fan of it. I just to me it speaks of like this character isn't popular enough. So he, the only way we can make him survive or be good enough is, is to put him in this guy's role. Right. It's like yeah. saying Sam Wilson isn't cool enough to be, you know, Falcon. He's got to be black, you know, Captain America to, to be cool. Like that. That seems degrading. It seems more degrading to me than to, to just let the character stand on its own. So I don't like that. What I do love, and one of the things that Dwayne McDuffie is really responsible for, is that he made brand new characters that were freaking awesome. You want to talk about the black Spider-Man? Like Miles Morales? Miles Morales is cool. I love him. But before Miles Morales, there was Virgil Hawking. And yep. Virgil Hawking is the black Spider-Man. You go back and read those original milestone uh, static comic books and the parallels between Peter Parker and Virgil Hawkins is almost identical. Like the, the great thing about Peter Parker is like, he's your, he's your typical comic book um, readers persona, right? Like everybody can insert themselves into Peter Parker and feel like, you know, they're a little bit of a nerd, a little bit of an outcast, but then, then they put on this costume and they're awesome. They're the man. It's the same thing with Virgil Hawkins. It's the same exact thing. He's a smart guy. He gets it. And, you know, at school, he's kind of like the little nerd, whatever. But then he puts on his costume. Bam, he's the personality. He's the guy everybody wants to be. So it's, it's the same exact thing. And I love that, that Dwayne McDuffie was very instrumental in bringing about all these new uh, uh, characters of 
culture and diversity, and he was able to make them not only great and relatable, but famous. I mean, you know, he, he stuck to his guns, and he made static. He made icon. He, he pushed them to the point where now we got Young Justice, and these guys are floating around. We got characters. We know their names, and they're not ripoffs, or they're not like hand-me-downs of other characters. They're actually characters in their own rights who earned their place and and earned their titles and earned everything they got on their own by having good character, good writing, good story, and and being their own thing, not not you know riding the coattails of another character, which I think is super important because we need th- these characters and, and as a culture and and, and I, as a uh, a way for for diverse characters to thrive is is to not ride other coattails. Because then you, you, you start getting into that, that backlash or whatever. We don't want that. We want them to stand on their own and to show that, hey, we're, we're characters of, of, of culture and diversity, and we can do this without having to replace characters you like. We can do this because we're good, good enough to do it by ourselves. And that was one of the best things that Milestone has ever done and, and a lasting legacy that they have left. And I'm all for it, man. Like, I, that, that's the way to do it. I can't, I couldn't, I, I can't even follow that one. Go ahead, Coop. You know, um, just thinking about, like, certain subtle changes that have uh, been in effect since uh, we talk about this. Um, you, you look at a book like Saga, right? Saga is a book that could very well have alien characters of any color, but they're not. You know, they're, they're um, sort of an ambiguous, darker-skinned color, so they don't come across, l- like, the two main characters, Marco and uh, Alana. You know, they, they look like they could easily be of some sort of, uh, you know, different background or something but other than white. You know, that's that's like a little subtle change that I don't think we would have seen years ago. I think that that's something that is showing up now, where you're seeing a lot of characters who were previously, like, whitewashed going back to, um, like, darker roots. Someone like uh, uh, Roberto from, um, from Fallen Angels and New Mutants and X-Force. Right. He uh, he was notorious for being lighter and lighter and lighter. And, um, you know, he is he's a character of color. He's from Brazil, you know, and he was never like a a white character. Um, I I think that when it comes to stuff like this, this is the time where the fans are really starting to recognize that they have more of a voice in the creation of characters. And um, I know it's kind of cliche, but I mean, like America, you know, um, the uh, the new um, character, uh, yeah, America Chavez. America Chavez. You know, she's she's someone. that's like we wouldn't have seen her a couple years ago, but now she's an interesting character that has been created out of the out of the zeitgeist. You know, to use a fancy word, but um, I mean, she's what people have been asking for. And uh, you, you're gonna hate me for this one, Ian, but um, I mentioned who's probably the best villain of the last year, Tobias Whale. I don't think we would have seen him whatsoever. Because, you know, studio executives or something would have said, no, we can't get him. He's not scary or he's not this. And I'm like, damn, he's about the coolest freaking bad guy I've seen on TV in the last 10 years. I actually <laughs> I actually didn't want to say anything about Black Lightning because <laughs> I yes. could go on and on and on and on about the show and about the characters. But agree, like some of the characters that we've been given because of the TV show and what that entails nowadays and where we've come culturally in comics is just it's beyond leaps and bounds. It's it's amazing, especially as 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 a black man, you know, looking at this from the outside, you know, from the inside out, it's like 
it's, it's just a trip that we're seeing these things that this type of music and this type of like the way that these characters are is like not only um being promoted you know on the top notch with green arrow and everybody else but the way the taste that's being done in and to see these beautiful characters and these awesome villains and to think like would we even have this if it wasn't for people that took this risk and did these things and made these changes at the time and decided to stick to their guns and said no we're gonna go in this direction like these things wouldn't have happened without these people so it's just it's very important that we every once in a blue give the respect due and go back and take a look lou i'm gonna go ahead and kick it over to you lou he really uh, he did pick off uh, piggyback off what you was just talking about you know him taking that chance like you said man blaze trails for for us to have you know a black lightning tv show you know what i'm saying or, or, or for that matter who would think years ago that we would have had a black panther movie you see what I'm saying? And not just the Black Panther movie, but the way it was done and directed. Yeah, and, and um, also to touch on something Jose said, and I wanted to jump in there, but I got so excited when you said it because I hate that. I hate it too. When, when you know, I feel like it's it's lazy writing on 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 the writers. You know, like you said with the old Sam Wilson taking over Cap, stuff like that. Why not just create a whole new hero, a whole new superhero? You know what I mean, or villain, or whatever. I hate when when it's done like that, and and that and that's where you know Dwayne, you know, he created more characters, more characters of color. You know what I mean, and, and instead of just doing a lazy way out, like kind of like DC did with uh, Fals Falzad. You know what I mean? Okay, you got Black Superman. Well, why would you do that when you already have Icon? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, and steel. <laughs> huh? And steel. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Why not just create something, you know, instead of being, it's like I said, it's just laziness. <laughs> you got the way you created these characters and they're all new characters. You know what I mean? And like I was saying, we could have a whole different, whole, you could spend another 45 minutes to an hour on a podcast talking about the characters that, they change just to to appeal to certain different things. Oh, absolutely. We we we, we could change, we could have you know what I mean. Like I could you know go on with that you right. know forever. And like I said, when Jose said it, I was like, yo, you, you hit the nail on the head because I hate it. I can't stand it. I hate it. What <laughs> was Captain America? I hated it. Yeah. I'm like, yo. Come on, man. I, I think Miles you. Morales is probably the only, and I got to agree with Jose on that. I think Miles Morales is like the only exception to that yeah. rule because it feels like, even though he's, you know, Spider Man, it feels like a new character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's more interesting, though. Yeah. How did we talk about Prowler from Into the Spider Verse? Right? Prowler, know, right? Spider-Verse? Oh, my God. That is, that is a famous black character. A lot of people don't know. But see, that's another thing with some and, and with superheroes is you, you got to kind of give that over and that kick over to that. Some of these characters are completely covered, so you don't know, like, Spawn. A lot of people don't know Spawn is black because he's scarred very badly, and on top of that, he wears a mask almost all the time. So it's, you don't really know he's black unless you're, like, a fan from the beginning and then you get into his lore and this, that, and the third thing. Same thing with Prowler. Most of the people who don't who had experience with Prowler don't know he's black. Well, if anyone watched Gargoyles, he had the same voice, and technically he was black too when he turned yeah. human once. Yeah. 
All the gargoyles is black. First of all, <laughs> let's get that straight. All the gargoyles is black. They're from the boroughs, and they all got attitudes. And they all now all the all the gargoyles is black. We're not even gonna do that. You know what I'm saying? All of them. What was that character's name? Um, somebody help me. I can't remember his name right now. That was an uh, image, and it was a big to do thing. Like it was, it was uh, and when he finally unmasked. And, they, and everybody made a big deal about it because he was Shadowhawk. Black. Shadowhawk. 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 Yeah. Shadowhawk. yeah. And they're like, oh, he's black. And I was like, yeah, but but he was like, uh, you haven't seen him in in years. He shows up in like in issues of Bomb Queen now. You know. Wow. Yeah, he was actually actually an image that was one of my uh, visually favorite characters. I would see him and be like, okay, what do we got here? <laughs> What's yeah. this about? I didn't even know that. I didn't know he was black. Yeah. Apple, right? Chapel. Chapel. That's when everybody was revealed that he was a black man with a mask. Okay. And also, my boy Taskmaster is black, in case you didn't know. I did know that, as a matter I didn't know that, actually. Really? Wasn't he a white blonde guy? I, I thought he Okay. I mean, him and his little rocket sled? Yeah, he comes with the rocket sled for the uh, Marvel Legends series. I mean, he's a loser, so he doesn't come with, like, the Holy Cross like like Daredevil did, you know, in the Marvel, in the Marvel uh, Diamond Select. But, uh, where's where's my boy? Where's my boy Black Knight, bro? You don't got <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I actually don't even have a Black Knight action figure, so we're going to get it. I, I got to get me one. I don't even know if they make Black Knight. Here. You know, talk to me then. Blake, yeah. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here, I just wanted to say, um, I think I speak for me and my panel um, entirely when I say um, tolerance and acceptance and understanding are things that we cannot go without in this industry and in life. I think that these are all things that we have to learn to have, if not for one another, than for the different people around us only because even in our in our differences of skin color and religion and creed and marvel and dc and dr strange versus dr fate and whatever else we are different about i think that how we accept other people regardless of those things says a lot about us as a person so even if you're not going to accept those things because you like them or want to deal with them do it because you're a good person and you want to reflect that into the world. You want to reflect acceptance and understanding to something. Um, because I think that with these with these guidelines and have these people showed us, like Dwayne McDuffie and these other um, artists and, and, and writers throughout time that have shown us that if, if we allow for this and we don't make it a personal um, angry thing and we just do it because it's what's needed, it could take us places that we never would imagine and find ourselves. Um, and that's, that's, I think, the biggest message of, of all of this is just acceptance, understanding, and tolerance are things that we must have in anything we do in life. So please try to, you know, exude those things and, and, and have those things for your fellow man because you never know what it could create. And you never know that the long-lasting effect those things will have later on in time. Um, this has been your, your next installment of Amalgam Cast. Um, my host, again, with me, Jose Simon, Justin Cooper, and Luis Rodriguez. 
And we're going to be signing off until next time. Thank you for joining us.